Welcome to the Song Saloon. I'm singer-songwriter Jordan Smith-Reynolds. Each week, I sit down with a songwriter and we talk about one of their songs. Today's artist is Mikkel. Mikkel is a Salt Lake City-born singer-songwriter with powerhouse vocals. She's since performed at iconic venues, including Staples Center, Dodger Stadium, Delta Center, Peppermint Club, and Hotel Cafe. She has released songs that can be heard on television programs, including the Bravo Network's Vanderpump Rules and multiple Lifetime original movies. Mikkel prides herself on her versatility, having worked on projects in genres spanning dance, house, funk, soul, pop, indie, country, R&B, and hyperpop. Welcome, Mikkel. Hello. Happy to be here. <laughs> hey, Mikkel. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, and today we're talking about your song... I don't want to hear it. We are. Can you tell us a little bit about I don't want to hear it? What inspired the song? Things like that. We absolutely can. So I don't want to hear it. I feel like sonically, it's a fun fusion of R&B and pop, which is kind of the sweet spot I've been trying to find for a while. I wrote it with a really good friend about silencing the negative voices in your head. I was just having a day where I was like, I am not enough and everything sucks and... I got in the session and I was like, it's, I can just turn that off. Like, I don't have to think that. So we just wrote a song about that and telling your negative voices that you don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> Amazing. And you were in that space when you wrote the song, like mm-hmm. leading up to the session. Was it one of yeah. those days where you're like, oh, a session, like, oh, I don't have anything to give. It was tough because, yeah, I was just feeling very like imposter syndrome and it was a producer that I really liked. It was the producer that I have continued to work with since that I met through a sync agency that I was with. So it was our first time meeting. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do like well today. I can't be in this spot. And then thankfully we just vibed really well. And I was like, you know what? This is like what was meant to come of this session because we just both kind of bonded over that and then we're able to channel it into the art. That's awesome. And this is the same producer who will be working on upcoming songs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, excited to to hear those. This production-wise sounds really great too. This song. I'm Super excited fun. to. Yeah. I'm excited to have everyone hear that at the end of the episode here. <laughs> yeah. Shout yeah. out to G. Karen Miller. <laughs> G. Karen Miller. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, we have a live performance version of this song from Hotel Cafe. Let's go to that clip now so we can we can hear it. I don't need your prescription. Another excuse for reminiscing on what I don't have. Don't have. And I don't want no more problems. So I shut it down, won't come around no more. hard as I try to find myself again I'm crippling and it's evident I pull myself down and circle back around again and again I don't have T-I-M-E time plus energy T-B-H I can't find the remedy me M-E yeah I'm my worst enemy and I don't wanna hear it don't have T-I-M-E for negativity Wanna hear it anymore? 
don't need your motivation but you know I'm always down playing everything and I can't see my reflection without running the other direction oh every day as hard as I try to be myself again I'm constantly Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that clip. It's it's fun to hear it with the with the extra live sounds and the, the audience reacting. I know. It's it's cool acoustic. It worked better than I had imagined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's something I really love. I mean, I imagine this is in every city with with musicians, but LA is just full of such talented musicians that it can it really just is. get stuff going real quick. Totally. Yeah. You're a keyboardist, right? You play piano? I do play piano, yes. Awesome. Do you do that live very often lately? Not lately as much. I think in part because most of the stuff that I've been releasing is more conducive to a full band experience. And then I also just, I love focusing on the performance. I feel like I know what my limits are as a pianist and I can write really well and get a solid demo. I can do an acoustic set if I have to, but I feel like I can shine more when we get someone a little more advanced than me. <laughs> so that's what I've been fortunate enough to do lately. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I think letting go of things like that is so important as an artist, knowing when to, to delegate and to let other people handle things that they can do really well. Totally. Um, it takes a village. So the sooner you can just surround yourself with people who want or make you want to be better and who are better than you at the things that you want to get better at, like that's so crucial. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that point for you with, with keyboard? You just like realized, oh, well, and you also said just with the genre and things, you want a more full sounding. Yeah. I experience. wanted a more full sound. And I think specifically with the piano, I'm, I've got chords, but I can't do a lot of the you know improvising a lot of like mm. especially leaning more into the r&b style with some of these songs like that's not my strength 
So mm-hmm. I was like, we need to get someone that knows how to embellish in a way that's going to add to this and not just have me like playing some like, yeah, maybe some beautiful chords, but very simple, you know? Yeah. I think it's a really great call. It's great to be able to focus all your attention on the performance of that as well. And when you're stuck behind a piano, you're limited a little bit with how exactly. how much you can connect with an audience and perform. Totally. Well, and especially like focus wise too. I'm like, fo- I, do I want to spend my energy being nervous about what I'm playing or do I want to be sure I can like emotionally fully lean into the performance and what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your journey as an artist getting to this point of I don't want to hear it. You can go as far back as you like. Well, like, long story, really short. I grew up doing musical theater. That's where I got my start. That's what I did in high school. I feel like at that point in time in Utah, that was the bigger scene, like the theater scene versus the pop scene. True. So I started in that. (laughs) And then I didn't write my first like actual song until my senior year of high school. Got connected Mm. with some pop groups, connected with a producer in LA through a job that I went down to do. And he was like, no, you should come down here more often. So he did my first EP straight out of high school. The first songs I'd ever written, that's out. You guys can find that. Imagine is what it's called. And then Is that under Mikkel or is that under a different It is artist? under Mikkel. Okay. It won't look like me. I'll have brown hair. I'll be like 17 years old, <laughs> little baby. But through that composer that did that EP, I kept coming down to LA. So then I went to a year of college, was going to do theater. And then I was like, no, like I need to be in LA. So at 19, Mm. I packed my bags and moved out all by myself and have been here for six years now, just networking, went to UCLA Extension to learn how to use Pro Tools and just really went places alone and fought for (laughs) my right to party. So I'm happy that I finally now I feel like have a like little gang of producers and people to consistently work with. But it took a really long time to get that. Yeah. How do you even start that? I mean, I guess you had the door open with a producer you knew in L.A. How do you how do you get a team around you? (sighs) It's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like embracing wherever you are is really important. So I would go I was with ASCAP. That composer introduced me to ASCAP. So then I would go to all of the ASCAP events. I would got involved with the Society of Composers and Lyricists. I would go to all their things. They would do showcases. So I would submit my stuff to the showcase, show up, sing in front of music supervisors, connect, had like a manager from there reach out to me. It didn't did work out. Did we do one of those together? I think we did. We did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah I, I caught up with you there. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We've been crossing paths for a long time. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So like then, you know, you just meet people and like, I've had a couple different management things that didn't work out people that you know it wasn't great but you just keep going and then you're just collecting like your people along the way and then after the pandemic found my current manager you know found these sync agencies through UCLA and have just been rolling from there mm-hmm. yeah one of the things <clears throat> ASCAP just had one of their events and at that one of the the best pieces of advice I'd heard which I'd heard before as well was you know looking as opposed to looking at the the mentors on stage and trying to connect with them and have them give you a favor of some sort and notice you, you know, it's really about developing your community where are people where you're at and building your Absolutely. team there. Yeah. Totally. So it, it's the people that are there with you doing the showcase and finding mm-hmm. projects to work on together and growing together. Yeah. That's where, and it's, it almost it never feels good to be like, hey, can you do this for me when you don't have anything to offer them? 
right? I, yes. And like, sometimes you do. Like, I kind of have to go back and forth where I am accidentally way too timid and humble. And I'm like, I don't mm. want to bug you. So I've learned through this process to also be like, no, I have something that I can offer you, but I want to be tasteful with how I approach it. I want it to be organic. I don't want it to seem like I'm begging. So like in those showcases, it's awesome because they're already analyzing your song. That's a pretty easy like, thank you for your feedback. If you ever need anything, let me know. Sure. Versus just running up to people who are on panels and being like, here's my Instagram, please. Like, yeah. So it's it's a dance and I'm not super fabulous at it yet, but we're getting better. <laughs> yeah. It's got to feel so much better when you have that family connected to you just have, you know, that support system with the producers that you've been working with for totally. a while and, and all that stuff, too. Great. And I don't want to hear it. You mentioned it was through a, a sync agency that that connection happened. Was that song specifically mm-hmm. written as a sync sync in mind or just the, the, op- that the option that it might go into sync? The option that it might go into sync is what it started. So I found G through the roster of Accidental Entertainment, which I was also on at the time, reached out to him just being like, hey, we should connect. I like your stuff. I think we would work well together. And then so we wrote it just being like, let's do whatever we want to see if we like vibe even, but we'll pitch it. And then we ended up loving it so much that I was like, hey, can we like work this out so that it can be for my artist project? Because I love it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I love when that happens too. So with the song, let's talk about lyrics. What what came first? Was it chorus first versus how was that process for you? I'm pretty start to finish with stories. I usually work verse first, which is not typical I'm finding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically G was doing his thing, catching his vibe. We had a couple reference tracks. I'm trying to think I feel like Ella May was an artist that we referenced. There were a couple other tracks that I can't remember. It'll come to me in a second. But so he kind of got to work mimicking like a guitar riff that would be similar to that vibe. And then just wrote the verse, sat on the chorus for a little bit. And then from there. Great. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty straightforward, that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. It's not always that way, but it was cool. I find when I'm writing as, you know, just my own stuff, I tend to wander quite a bit. And Mm -hmm. starting with the verses is something that I actually like doing a lot, too. It's always better when the chorus comes out as far as like finishing the song quickly. But when I have a verse, I really love to just explore. I'm like a music first kind of person. It doesn't have to be a lot, but like chord progression first. I'm not really like a poet in my room just writing lyrics with nothing. It's a channel for me. So I'm like, I like to sit there. Like, what emotion am I feeling? What words are coming? And then you kind of lead up with that verse into what it's supposed to be in the chorus. But I feel like without starting with the verse for me, I can't like marinate enough to like know where it's supposed to end. Mm -hmm. So that's what I like to do. Yeah. Do you do much writing by yourself now that you have this team and you're doing stuff with producers pretty often? I haven't as much recently, but I always am writing. Like there's always stuff in my notes. I'm not at my own piano as much, especially because now I'm for sync. I'm doing a lot of EDM. I'm doing a lot of, you know, whatever. So it's a lot of producer first or all of us in the room together, everybody kind of doing their own thing. And then me being ready to like hit a top line (laughs) at any point. Mm-hmm. But I'm always writing, so it's not I'm not abandoning it. That's just kind of where things are at right now. Yeah. 
So who are some of your influences for writing? Oh my goodness. Okay. For writing, I really like her. Mm. Um, I really like Betty Who. <laughs> and I love Jessie J. Jessie uh-huh. J, I love everything about her. Like vocally, lyrically, her more recent stuff. Okay. Yeah, because she has like her few hits, but her recent stuff is very much R&B pop and it's very cool. That's awesome. What do you do to stay inspired? Like, do you, do you listen to these artists or do you do other things to, to get into that kind of creative space? I'm always listening. I know some people want to listen to as little music as possible, but I feel like if I can just infuse my subconscious with every single thing, then like that's what helps me. Hmm. I read a lot of books. The Creative Act by oh. I think Rick, Rick, Rubin Rick Rubin is what I'm reading right now. Me too. Yeah. That's on Audible. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. It's so That's good. Sweet. And then like The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron, like those morning pages. I'm not consistent at all because I'm a creative mess brain. But <laughs> when I do them, I'm like, okay, I got it. And like the two hour self date and LA yeah. is nice because I feel like it's, I walk outside and I'm inspired because you see like the billboards, you see the industry, you see just like people chasing their dreams are all around me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's easy to see a diverse range of people doing a diverse range of things. And so there's a lot to kind of tap into if I just like look outside my window for 10 minutes and watch my neighbors. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, this podcast came about because of Morning Pages. So no way. Yeah, I was just writing in the Morning Pages, like just random anything. And I was like, oh, I should do a podcast. Oh, it should be called The Song yes. Saloon. Like it just kind of came out on a page. So it is a channel. I'm telling you, the ideas will come. We just have to like open ourselves up to receiving them. It's like from a crazy creative universe. It's not from us. Yep. And that's <laughs> kind of Rick Rubin's take on it too, which I love. I love too. Yeah. Just this idea of of creativity being something external, right? Something that's outside of our our being that we totally. tap into. Yeah. And it's just about tuning yourself and like keeping yourself in tune to receive it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that perspective. It's It takes the pressure off a bit too, right? Because if you're thinking like, I have to come up with this thing, then supposed to, I totally. just have to make this connection. I think it is a really helpful totally. perspective to take creatively. It takes the ego out of it, which I think is just as important because there's nothing worse than a room full of people with giant egos trying to create. Like I feel like good art can still come about, but it's just so much more of a fight to get to that point. For sure. If people are just... Yeah, in that headspace. Yeah, and like music should be should be a fun experience. So oh. why would you want to take that part out of it? You know, <laughs> totally. <I'm, laughs> it needs to be a safe space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for those listening who aren't familiar with the artist way and morning pages, the idea is you write three pages of kind of like stream of consciousness. It doesn't have to be anything super artsy or creative. Uh, a poem could come out of it or something like that. But the idea is to just write and fill three pages and i'm i'm not very consistent with that either i've i've done it for i think my best time was like maybe two or three months and that that was still solid yeah yeah that's about when i got the podcast idea i was like cool idea and then i like abandoned it for (laughs) no but now you're here so it's fine (laughs) now we're here yeah i need to get back into it though i think yeah i know me too i feel like my brain is just cluttered with a lot of what ifs and plans and whatever so it's I just end up like writing out my itinerary like 500 times or I'll end up just day by day just going through every single worry in my head but then it's out of your system and you can go about your day with so much more clarity (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, and that's the thing too, is it's not just about the little revelations you get in the moment. It's just clearing yeah. your head for totally. for the rest of the day and you can be creative. Opens up your creativity that way. Exactly. It's very cool. Yeah. So the Rick Rubin book, Creative Act, loved the shout out for that too. That's I'm I'm about maybe a third into that right now, but for, Me too. I'm not I'm not too far. Yeah. It's a really great book to kind of just jump into and leave because it's the little chapters kind of have their own point they want to drive home so you can kind of look at it. It's very palatable. It's very easy. Yeah. I like that about the book too. You came from musical theater background. You said, I want to jump Mm -hmm. back to that real quick. Yeah. What did you do? Oh my goodness. So when I was 12, I started with a private voice coach. It was always extracurricular. I did the high school musicals and stuff, but most Mm. of my training was through the Utah Conservatory of Performing Arts. Okay. And so I would go on little tours with them. We would do constant like mini series, a lot of just like dance, all of the training to be able to, you know, go to New York and then have that be that and go wow. live your dreams. Yeah. So, oh, so you're like of, very serious about pursuing yeah, it. Yeah. Trips to New York, networking, like the whole thing. Wow. Um, I feel like I always knew that I wanted to do, I mean, I love both. I would do both to this day. I just did some demo vocals for a musical. So like it's cool. still part of who I am, but. When it came down to the decision, I was like, okay, you guys are always putting me in like the roles with the most runs or like, you know, just the type cast. I was like, okay, my voice is more conducive (laughs) to probably pop music. Cool Mm. to have both. But yeah, so that was kind of my little trajectory with that. But we had a good run. I was up for the best supporting actress in the state of Utah my senior year of high school. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Crazy. Which show was that for? West Side Story. I played Anita, which is very problematic. I'm so aware. (laughs) I'm so aware. If anyone finds that, we were limited options in high school. But I loved being able to channel that. I thought it was fun. I love musical theater as well. And I've, I was actually kind of stuck between paths for a little bit. It's like, so going to pursue classical, musical theater, more songwriting, and ended up going the songwriting route. But I do love a lot in musical theater. And there's there's some new stuff happening here in LA. Like like you said, with session work, that's really cool. I've done a, yeah. a few sessions myself for musicals. It's a blast. I like doing that stuff. Versatility, baby. It's only it's only a pro. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What's this musical you did it for? The session work? I'm actually not I'm not allowed to say. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not allowed to say. It's yeah, it's in progress. So they're gonna start, you know. Cool. finalizing it pitching it but that's cool fun project. and even more yeah. fun to be like oh I can't, I can't talk about it you know i'm like i that's... signed an nda <laughs> don't ask yeah. me any more questions <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's really cool yeah i worked with a friend of mine who actually through the sel society of composers and lyricists and there's a composer cindy o'connor and she has a musical that she's working on and she's constantly doing films she she did the once upon a time tv show oh yeah yeah she was like co-composer on that she's got a really interesting life like she also played keys for pat benatar and holy cow yeah (laughs) she's an icon (laughs) right and um scored this film way back in the day called forgiving the franklins and now is creating a musical on it and so i helped do some wow some stuff on that that's really cool super fun so good i love that you're keeping the musical theater piece alive the pieces of you will find you your past self will find you (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes do you also teach? I do. Awesome. So you have a voice studio as well as your session work and everything? 
I do. I teach private voice lessons, mostly virtually at this point, which is a crazy perk of the pandemic, honestly, Mm -hmm. is to realize and have people be like, oh, that's like great. (laughs) So, yes, I do that as well. Yeah, I find it. I find it really nice, actually, teaching virtually. The only thing I can't really stand is some students, it's it's been hard to get them to, like, you know, find a, a good location for the camera to be. So it's. Yeah. And you can't really see what's going on in the body. And, and that's that's, that's tougher. The thing. A little a little bit of si- singing is physical for the most part. So it's kind of hard to be able to. And I'm a very physical like teacher. Like, I'll make you plank. Like, I want you to feel mm-hmm. your body. Yep. Like, there's stuff that I want you to do. So that part's kind of difficult. And some students aren't as focused if you're not like present in front of them being like, hey. <laughs> yeah. But other For than sure. that, it's been really awesome. Yeah. I know. I feel like in some cases, it'd be a lot better to have like, you know, virtual reality headset, being able to walk around person Yo, and, and move around, honestly, you know. Dude, That's but we're we close to that. That's what's spooky and cool yeah. is that we're really <laughs> close to that being the case. We are so. pretty close. Yeah. So what advice do you have for songwriters? I feel like before I moved, (laughs) that composer that I had the connection with, he said, don't do any of this unless you have to. And I was like, huh? And he was like, don't do music unless you have to. If, If it's the only thing that keeps you up at night and getting up in the morning, then it will be worth the sacrifices you're asked to make for it. But if there's something else that you like, do that. Because it's hard. And it is. It has been. You know, I came out at 19 with no help from my family. They were supportive, but they were like, yo, if you want it, you got to go get it. That's on you. So it's been really difficult. I gave up essentially my entire college experience, you know, Mm -hmm. almost 10 years out here. And I'm just barely starting to see like the fruits of that labor. But for me, it held true. It's the only thing I ever could have imagined myself doing. So for me, it's really worth it and it's really fulfilling. Yeah. I know a lot of people would see that as kind of a negative thing to to say to someone, mm-hmm. but it's it's actually a very kind thing, I think. You yeah. know, if you well, can... and it's empowering. I'm like, ask yourself mm-hmm. that. And if you can answer yes, then go. Like it's totally possible. But it yeah. takes everything from you. Like it not from you, but like it takes a lot out of you to make to take the risks necessary to make this work right and there is absolutely zero shame in doing something else if that if you can find joy in something else right not even at all like that's the thing and and creativity is valid no matter where your ending point is with it you know what i mean like i don't know everyone can tap into creativity and have it be beautiful and share it you know and we've got social media so we all can but to really be like no this is my career is a different commitment it is it is. Speaking of books that are helpful, Big Magic, the Elizabeth Gilbert. Have you read that one? Oh, I haven't read it, but I've heard Fantastic. of it. Fantastic. That one's yeah. really good. One of the things that she pushes in that is in some cases, you don't have to rely on your creativity to be the income generator, right? It can be stifling in some cases to your creativity to say you have to be the sole provider of the income. In some cases, of course, like that's what needs to happen. And it sounds like you had a recent life shift where that is the case. So let's talk about that for a bit too. Totally. I, And it comes in waves, you know what I mean? So I think you just kind of have to take inventory of what you need at any point in time. Because for a while I was like, well, I just need to make sure my rent is paid for so that I can then be freed up to do what I need to do without stress. And that was creatively liberating for a long time. And then recently I quit. I worked like 
you know, I, I was a hostess. I did barista work. I was an assistant to an interior designer. Like I've done every most random nanny job in the world. Uh-huh. But recently I quit my barista job because I was like, OK, it's getting to a point where it's restricting, where I don't mm. have like the freedom of mind to really see if I can make it be what makes the income and really have that fire under my ass almost to like force mm-hmm. myself to make it happen. So I think there are times where you need the fire to fuel your next steps. And that's what I'm just like running on fumes right now, hoping that that is for the best and works out. But if not, it's so easy to pick up a part-time, take some of the pressure off. Like I really hope that any writers or creatives in general just don't have any shame about kind of that back and forth. I'm like, that's the flow of it until you can get where you need to go. Just listen to yourself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be things competing for your time, no matter what stage Mm -hmm. of the game you're in. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you're wildly successful, then there's, so many other things you have to worry about the promotion stuff or your touring and then like there's so many things that are going to want and ask for your attention besides the craft of you know sitting in your room making music i think that's what is always the pipe dream right is oh i'll be able to just create endlessly that's going to be amazing nope. will never <laughs> yeah. happen no it's you know it's like any job there are the fun parts the creative parts and then there's the business where it's like okay you're in brand meetings and you're like, cool, I'm an object. We love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> not in a bad way, but just that it is what it is if you're going to be an artist. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's solid advice to find that space for your creativity now. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to make that space with if you feel limited by income and all that stuff too, still doing what you can to make that make that space for creativity because there's always going to be a struggle. So figuring out exactly. a way to, to live with that early on is, is good. No, I love that. That's the life advice. You know, all life is hard. It's just choose your hard, choose what hard yeah. is like worth it to you and more fulfilling for you and go there. <laughs> I love that. That is a fantastic place. I think to wrap things up, um, if people wanted to find your music, where can they go? They can go any streaming platform, Tidal, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, all of that. I'm on Instagram at Brittany McKell. I go by my middle name, which is McKell. Mm-hmm. It's B-R-I-T-N-E-Y-M-Y-K-L. I don't know if you do graphics or anything, but yes. mm-hmm. like below where people can see it, I don't know. Yeah. TikTok, same deal, at Brittany McKell. We're really like pushing social media right now because that's kind of what gatekeeps the rest of my career from taking off. So that's the big, the big one. Yeah. I mean, every artist that's come out recently, it's like it's been from TikTok. I haven't seen an artist that hasn't exploded because of TikTok for a while. Totally. So that makes sense. And I've been really enjoying them. So I think you're doing a lot of a lot of good stuff there. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Trying my best. (laughs) Yes. And you have some new songs. So be looking for the new songs, too. I do. We're about to roll out a lot. Yes. To be determined uh, on release date. But be mm-hmm. following on the socials and you'll be in the know. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for being here. All right. Anytime. I'll see you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping by the Song Saloon. Episodes are released weekly on Wednesday and you can follow on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter at The Song Saloon and visit our website, thesongsaloon.com where you can find past episodes, transcriptions, sign up to our email list and find more ways to support the show. Please follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every little bit helps grow our community of artists, songwriters, and music lovers. 
We truly couldn't do it without you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. I don't need your prescription. Another excuse for reminiscing on what I don't have. Don't have. And I don't want no more problems. So I shut it down, won't come around, no. If I'm being honest. Honest. As hard as I try to find myself again, I'm crippling and it's evident. I pull myself down and circle back around again and again. I don't have T I N E time for this energy. Don't have